dare great things for Christ. Christ calls us to dare great things. In the marketplace, as well as in the mission field, there has never been a time like the present for the spirit of the Catholic entrepreneur. Now is the time for men and women of great courage and great vision to engage our church and our culture. Now is the time to dare great things. And here is your host as we dare great things, Father Nathan Cromley, the president and founder of the St. John Institute. Leadership is a challenge for all of us for many reasons, but almost every leader complains of being distracted, not being able to focus on what they have to do, and sometimes being overwhelmed by the sheer complexity of the problems before him. You might be interested to know that this same complaint was shared by a Pope, Pope St. Gregory the Great. In his book on the rule of shepherds, he writes about this and about how to overcome it by the grace of God. Hey everybody, welcome back to this class on leadership. I want to just thank you for taking the time to invest in yourselves. Remember that when a leader invests in himself or herself, everyone underneath that leader's influence thanks them. <laughs> we don't spend enough time taking care of ourselves. You know, we, we just kind of think that somehow or other, it's like God others me, right? And we hear that over and over again. And of course, there's value in saying that, but I want to challenge it at the same time because I don't think it's correct. If you're a good leader and you're a good Christian person, you're going to be tempted to never get around to the me because God and others eat up all of your time. And especially if you run a small business or you're really invested in your career, you never take care of yourself. It's like you have two families, the family at home, the family at the business, and when it comes to investing in yourself, it almost seems like it's selfishness or a waste of time because the, the tasks just pile up. It's like when you go on a retreat, you say, I can't even afford two days off from my work or from my family. There's no way I could ever do that, right? And, and, but think about what you're saying at the same time. You're saying that out of love, you're serving God and you're serving your fellow human beings, your business, your family, and yet, out of love of God, you won't take care to make sure that the servant is able to do that service, number one, and number two, is able to do that service well. So by not taking care of the servant, you actually can undermine the very service that you're trying to render. You can claim to be so consumed out of love for God, for his people, for his family, for your business, right? Such a great leader that actually you can undermine the very leadership you're trying to give. The fact is we need to invest in ourselves and especially in our leadership because it is what we're giving to our people. What we give to our people, first of all, is ourselves. Our words, our presence, our, our decisions, our ability to create the vision to move ourselves forward. And man, if we don't invest in who we are and take care of that, we're actually having a negative impact on the people who are below us. We're not really leading them. We're actually hurting them. And they're stuck because we're the only leader that they have. We're the only mom, the only dad, the only manager, the only business owner that these people have. And when we don't invest in ourselves by putting ourselves constantly at the service of the people we're, that we lead, well, we actually lead them more poorly. 
That's why I want to thank you for coming to the St. John Institute, taking this time to invest in yourself. And I want to teach you the second part of our course on St. Gregory the Great's Regule Pastoralis, which means his book on the rule of shepherds, right? Basically a book that he wrote to focus on the role of those who lead and the spiritual temptations that they undergo. Chapter four of this book focuses in on the problem that so many of us have the ability that we have to focus ourselves. And he talks about it from a whole new level. He takes this at a whole new level of intensity compared to what we're used to. And it's very, very helpful to see not only what he, how he diagnoses the problem, but also the solutions that he gives for how we can be more focused in what we're trying to do. So let's start us off with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Come, O Holy Spirit, Father of the poor, illumine the hearts of thy faithful and enkindle in them the fire of thy love send forth thy spirit and they shall be created and thou shalt renew the face of the earth let us pray O god who didst instruct the hearts of thy faithful by the light of the holy spirit grant us in the same spirit to be truly wise and ever to rejoice in his consolation through the same christ our lord amen saint john Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, here we get, we show just how real St. Pope Gregory the Great is. He says, this is in chapter four. Often the care of government, when undertaken, distracts the heart in various directions. And one is found unequal to dealing with particular things while with confused mind, divided among many isn't that just is so eloquent one is found unequal to dealing with particular things while with confused mind divided among many it's just that characteristic eloquence of latin pope saint gregory the great outlines something that haunts all of us i'm thinking of you just the dissipation of the mind that afflicts those of us who try to lead he actually has a great uh, quote elsewhere in this document he says what else is it to be at the pinnacle of power if not to find oneself in a mental storm, right? That's what the definition of leadership is because you have to take into account everything that could possibly go wrong and you have to deal with it in the particularities of the circumstances that you're in and everyone's problems turn out to come to you. It reminds me of Moses, right, in the desert. Remember how when he was leading the people of Israel in the desert, he was the only leader. And so everyone would come to see him day in and day out, 24 hours a day, basically, complaining about everything because he was the leader. It took his father-in-law from Midian to say, Moses, listen, his name was Jethro. He says, you just can't do this on your own. You've got to divide the authority down, give it to those who are in charge of tens and one hundreds for the lesser things and let the big cases come up to you. And that Moses did, right? But, and so this is why we have mid-level management and why we have all kinds of levels of management. It's because it gives that kind of buffer system where the problems down below are handled by those who are lower down, freeing up the leader to be able to lead. I remember speaking with one university president who told me, listen, I don't even have an email address anymore because the president's role is not to manage the operations and email is a management tool. I, I need to be free in order to lead my university with vision and with spirit. I thought that was a very 
bold move, but he said he was getting 300 emails a day. It would take him three to four hours a day just to do his emails. And he wasn't able to do the things that he needed to get done. I think a lot of us envy envy his decision because that dissipation of mind and the particular things, it's what haunts all of us. Gosh, all you have to do is think about our young moms and what you have to deal with as a mom and all of the particularities of this one's temperature and this one's clothes and this one's allergies to laundry detergent and this one's, you know, fear of COVID. and, uh, And you have to manage all of those particular things constantly. And it causes your mind to be confused because it's divided among so many particulars. And so in the end, we're unequal, he says, to dealing with them and unequal to the charge of leadership because we just find ourselves dissipated in mind. It's a, it's a problem that we would love to solve and that Pope St. Gregory the Great goes on to offer some solutions for. I can't wait to take you through them. This is Father Nathan. I know that many of you listening are looking for a better place to be. You're not happy necessarily with what's going on in the world. You're not happy with where your life is going and you wonder if there's any way to go forward. That's why we started the St. John Leadership Institute in Denver, Colorado. The idea is simple. Move to Denver, live with a community of your peers, earn a master's degree in any subject from any university and become a saint while doing it. Check us out at stjohnleadershipinstitute.org. So we've talked about some of the characteristic problems that we have here as leaders. And one of the the, the biggest ones that afflicts all of us is that our mind is divided, right? It's like what he says in the book of Sirach in the Bible here, Sirach 11, 10, my son, meddle not with many matters. It's right out of the Bible, meddle not with many matters. And immediately all of us get defensive because we say, you know, this is what I'm supposed to do. I mean, what do you want me to do, God? I have five kids and a small business. I have to meddle with many matters. And why would the Bible come out saying that, right? And whenever you find yourself in contradiction with the Bible, always think to yourself, I'm probably wrong. (laughs) It's just that it doesn't really help us at the same time to constantly be thinking that we're wrong. Because we also want to say, well, what am I supposed to do about it? I'm a mom, I'm a dad, I'm also a manager, I've also got a project at work, and my mind is utterly consumed with those things. Well, what happens when when I allow that into my soul? Well, he says, the mind is by no means collected on the plane of any single work while it is parted among the various. So the first impact to that will be that you won't be able to do the job that's in front of you well. So I have to accept that the idea of multitasking throughout my life is actually less efficient. There's times obviously where we have to do it. Even most of the time we might have to do it. But when I need to be collected and focused in on something that's serious, I need to not allow myself to be dispersed. This comes right from this great Pope. Now the challenge is how do we do that? We're going to get to that later. But I want to first point out that he's saying, be, be careful Because when you want to do a single thing, don't try to do many. You might have to just put things off on the side to focus in on the one that needs to get done. He says, when it is drawn about by unwanted care, it is emptied of the solidity, right? It's emptied of solidity. It becomes anxious in the ordering of things that are on the outside 
and ignorant of itself knows how to think of many things while itself it knows not. So we end up losing our vision. We lose our drive and the focus that puts us forward because frankly, we're just distracted. Here's an eloquent symbol of that. He says, it's almost as though it were so occupied during a journey as to forget where it was going. I think that's just such a great way of looking at this. You know, it's almost like, you know, the mind says, I've got things to do. So it sets out and then it's so busy doing them that it forgets why it set out to begin with. It's here Pope Gregory is, is pointing out just a really profound spiritual insight for us. And that is that our mind needs two things. It needs, on the one hand, the skill to apply itself well and efficiently to things that are on the outside, right? So the ability to create a project, the ability to manage the project through time, the ability, ability to take into circumstances, the ability to shift and to pivot, right? The knowledge of the tools that we use, the knowledge of the data that's, that's, that's influencing us, all the things that are on the outside, we need to know those things. And so many of us say, okay, that's called my job and that's what I've got to do. But be careful because there's a second part of the mind and that's the ability to stay focused on why you are doing those things and to make the, make that why present in the midst of the many things that you are doing. And immediately I can, I think of many leaders that I've worked with who kind of ignore that they, they know it in theory, but then they basically say, I just don't have time to be doing this. Sometimes when the St. John Institute does these workshops with leadership, we'll find people kind of feeling guilty because they say we haven't been challenged this deeply and as long as we can remember. Uh, in other words, like what we're teaching when we teach God's principles and leadership challenges people because they're used to just being told, listen, get the job done. Think about this day in and day out and you'll be rewarded and you'll be incentivized by your workplace. If in fact you put out the products that we want to be put out in the time that we ask you to put them out. And so we just busy ourselves with things on the outside and we become really skilled at efficient conversations and clean emailing and the ability to zero out your inbox and focusing on your time. And these are great things, but he, Gregory the Great is pointing out they can be done in vain if we're not careful. Why are you doing them? What's the deep purpose that's driving your work? He's reminding the leaders, hey, don't neglect that because if you do, you might be great, but you could also be replaced by a machine, number one. And you might also be great at what you're doing, but you might actually be displeasing the Lord because the Lord is not focused on what's on the outside. He, he of course, takes that into consideration, but he allows us to do things on the outside for the sake of what is found on the inside. That experience that you have as you grow through the challenges of confronting all of the dissipation of the outside of your workplace, of the clothes and the laundry and the food and the preparation and the soccer practices and all the things that you have to do because you're in charge of that family or you're in charge of that company. And as you're doing all of those things, God is using those things to hone you, to teach you, to speak to you, to humble you, to make you more akin to himself. And if we're not careful, we'll lose that valuable lesson 
of the unity that, of, that God is teaching us because we've never taken the time to actually listen on the inside to what he's saying to us as we're doing everything on the outside. So he goes on, you know, and he quotes different quotes here and it's enough to make you feel guilty. <laughs> Guilt coming in from the, from the sixth century, right? The year 590 when he wrote this, and you're like, oh my gosh, I feel so guilty. Because he quotes different things in the Bible where the person thought that they were doing great things because they just kept doing their job. But in fact, where they were transgressing what God wanted of them. Because God is not focused on what's on the outside, everybody. He's focused on what's on the inside. And he's saying, you have to, in your mind, be able to, to stop and keep in line what you're doing on the outside and his inner voice on the inside. And that requires that we slow down. It requires that we focus ourselves. It's not enough, in other words, for us just to say, hey, God, you made me to be a Martha. I know that you like Mary and all of that, but I'm a Martha. I'm busied about many things because I have to be. I mean, you do have to be. You are in charge of many things. You will always have this challenge of feeling dissipated in your mind because it will be divided amongst the multitude of things you've got to do. That's where God has put you. If he needed you to be a Mary, he would have called you to be a contemplative sister, right? But he didn't. He called you to be a mom. He called you to be a manager. He called you to be present in the workforce and to lead a whole entire division of a company. My goodness, you are important and you have many, many things to deal with. So, but how did Martha become a saint? She became a saint, not by doing those outer things with anxious care, but by doing them united to the voice of Christ within her. In other words, just as we have to be preoccupied by those things, we have to allow ourselves that extra exercise. And this is the key. It's not to stop doing the outer things. It's to do them in a different way. To do them not coming, allowing the multiplicity of the infinite, the infinite list of to-dos to drive us, but instead to allow the love that we have for God to drive us into those, that, that list. In other words, I will never get to the bottom I'll never be at a spot where I say, I have nothing more to do. And so knowing that, let me operate and do those things with a wise spirit. That is to do everything that I'm doing coming from an inner source, a love, a motivation, a focus of a communion that is between me and Jesus Christ. And that means that really practically what I've got to do is I've got to take the time to focus myself in there every single day so that then I can emerge like a bridegroom coming from his tent from my prayer life to bring the knowledge that I have and the will of God that's within me into barren influence in the outer world that's outside of me. I need to have both, in other words. If I can't get rid of the one in favor of the other, then I need to unite the two. And I unite the two by making sure that I take that time every day to commune with God. This is just absolutely the essential thing. And, and, and it's the one thing that he says, Jesus says to, to Martha, the one thing that you're missing is the one thing that Mary has chosen, the better part. And so Martha, choose that better part as you then go about the tasks that are in front of you. This is Father Nathan. I know a lot of people are formed in leadership in ways that are very practical and efficient. This is good, of course, but is there something more? 
Coming to the St. John Leadership Institute in Denver, Colorado, young adults are able to learn not only how to lead effectively, but how to lead in the spirit. Anchoring a master's degree and specific business skills in prayer and spirituality. Find out more at stjohnleadershipinstitute.org. At the end of chapter four here of St. Gregory the Great's book on the, the, the rule of shepherds, he goes on to kind of finish by saying, listen, in the end, it's really, really hard to lead because we are putting ourselves in a position where we are influencing others. And that means, well, that we're going to stand in front of God responsible for the influence that we have given to others. And so he says, you got to take great care, basically. And again, you could almost say, why this emphasis on this feeling that could make me feel guilty or even discourage me from leading? And I think it's because, remember, he's writing here for the bishops of the Catholic Church who take upon themselves such an incredible role of leadership, especially back in his day, where it was oftentimes intermixed with political power and wealth. And he's saying, guys, don't be doing leadership because you want the pride and you want the, the esteem of those who are around you. He goes, it, 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 it's not the problem. Having dominion isn't the problem, he says. Instead, the problem is watch out that you don't covet having power. Having dominion isn't the problem. Coveting the dominion is the problem. And the reason for that is because if you covet that dominion, and you make your desire to rule, you know, uh, be pre preeminent in your life and dominate what you are, you're going to fail under the weight of that leadership. The rule and the power and the leadership you exert will test your mettle and it will test your character so much that he just simply warns against coveting it. Now, if you bear up to the test, it actually becomes the source of holiness. Because as he says in chapters one to three, which we already saw last time, you know, by leading you're perfected because all of your negativity and all of your problems will come to the bear, will come to the forefront. And you, if you meet them with humility, my goodness, the good things that can happen. Well, he says, number one, meet with humility, the fact that you cannot do it all and that you have to be humble enough to focus yourself on the one thing, namely God, so that then you can apply yourself to the many things, namely your tasks at hand. Take the time to be humble enough to say, in other words, I cannot just plunge into this endless world of a to-do list, right? My work will never end. It's truly endless. Just like my laundry. <laughs> laundry will always be there. It will always be there. No matter where you are, no matter what you have to do, there will always be laundry waiting for you, wanting your attention. <laughs> it's the same thing that, you know, it, it, in, in the same way with your work, it'll always be there. It'll always be another thing. And we can be tempted to give ourselves to that. And at times it's even to the detriment of our family because it's easier to go out to hang out in the workspace environment, to be there where you receive adulation and praise than it is to face the harsh realities of your own inner emptiness when you go home and the difficulties you have with your relationships. But I want you to hear me well. I understand that. I empathize with that. You are trying to do something really hard by not doing either. And if you only went to your family, you'd be able to do a great job. It's not that you're a bad person. It's that when you're split in those ways, 
you have to be careful to take the, the remedies that God offers you in order to overcome that split. And here's the remedy. Where there are many things, put them in order. The first thing needs to come first, and that is your service to God. The second thing that needs to come first, honestly, it's taking care of the love that you have in your heart. I started off this class by talking about that order, right? God, others, me. And the fact is, most of the time, we never get to the me because the others just dominate. I'd like to reverse that and say, it should be God, me, for others, right? God, me, for others. That's the code of the leader. So I, I got to take care of the love that's in my heart. If I'm dissipated, says St. Gregory the Great, if I'm divided on the inside, then no matter what I'm doing, I'm doing it wrong. No matter what I'm doing, it's going to hurt. I'm not going to be the effective leader that I need to be. I've got to take care of that love inside my heart so that then when I turn, I can in fact be there for my kids, my family, my husbands, my wife, my, my people at my workplace. I can be the leader I'm supposed to be. Because I realized that I have to have that inner focus. So how do you do that? I mean, obviously, taking time once a day to invest in prayer is just essential. Going to daily mass, making sure you think, if I, I can make a whole list of things, but they all come down to the same thing. Do you take the time yourself to connect your outer vision of what you have to do with your inner vision of who God is in your life? When you do this, it'll change everything. I want to encourage you here. God is not another lit thing to do on your to-do list. God is the source of your to-do list. It's not like either God and my spirituality or all the things that I have to do. No, no, no. It's actually by putting yourself in God, you'll be able to do all of the things even more. This is why St. Francis de Sales, for example, had that great quote. He said, listen, if you're really busy, you need to pray every day for a half an hour unless you're really busy. And then you need to pray for a whole hour. And he knew what he was talking about. He lived a very busy life. He was a bishop himself. What he's saying is essential for all of us. You will never simplify your life on the outside. It will always be divided. But you must simplify yourself on the inside. Have that what St. Gregory calls a solidity of the mind, knowing why you're doing what you're doing and staying grounded in that why, taking the time to invest in yourselves. And by so doing, you'll be able to better bless all those whom you lead. Dare great things for Christ. Share your feedback with Father Nathan. Send us an email at info at stjohninstitute.org. That's info at stjohninstitute.org. And don't forget to subscribe to premium video content to form, unite, and inspire you at Eagle Eye Pro on our website, eagleeyeministries.org. That's eagleeyeministries.org.